So, uh, uh, hi, it's Graham here. Sorry to interrupt your podcast listening like this, but uh, I wondered if you could do us a little favour. I haven't told Carol I'm going to do this, and frankly, I'm not sure she's going to find out. Let's maybe keep it that way, shall we? Uh, I don't think she listens to the podcast, so she won't hear that I've tacked this on to the beginning. But the European Security Blogger Awards, they're about to happen, and Smashing Security has been nominated in a couple of categories. Huzzah, huzzah! You can vote in the awards for your favourite security blogs and security podcasts, hint, hint, but you've only got a few days before the voting closes. So do it today. Do it now. Hit pause. Oh, not before I've told you the URL. It's smashingsecurity.com slash vote. That will redirect you through magic to the voting form. And, well, hey, made the best podcast co-hosted for the last six or so years by a Brit and a Canadian win. Um, yeah, over to you. Smashingsecurity.com slash vote. Thank you very much. We love you all, uh, at least the people who vote for us. Uh, but for now, back to your normal service. And uh, sorry about this interruption. Smashing Security, Episode 333, Barbie and the Stalking Spouse, with Carol Terrio and Graham Cluley. Hello, hello, and welcome to Smashing Security, Episode 333. My name's Graham Cluley. 333, and I'm Carol Terrio. Half of the number of the beast. Half of the number of the beast, I love that. There was a virus called the number of the beast. I think it added 666 bytes the end of your .com files. Blast from past. Carol, you're still on a secret mission. For a number of weeks. So I would love yeah. to get this show on the road. But first, let's thank our sponsors this week, Collide, Hunters and Moonlock from Macpore. It's thanks to their support that we're able to bring you this podcast for free. Now, coming up on today's show, Graham, what do you got? I'm going to be spying on the spires. Okay, and I'm not a Barbie girl, but I am stuck in a Barbie world. All this and much more coming up on this episode of Smashing Security. Now, Chum Chum, lovely Carol, I thought it would be fun to have a little competition. We haven't had one of those for a while. A little bit of a quiz. So I'm going to ask you a question and you are going to try to answer correctly. Okay, so we're going to play a game of Odd One Out. I'm going to name three things, and you're going to tell me which is the odd one out. Mm-hmm. So that's fishing, squishing, or smishing. Which is the odd one out? Well, obviously fishing. Obviously. Why is fishing the odd one out? Well, it starts with a P. That, unfortunately, is the correct answer. I was really hoping you... <laughs> I was really hoping you were going to say squishing, as the other two are cybersecurity related. But, unfortunately, <laughs> you are ahead of me. All right, I'm going to bring out the big guns. I'm going to bring out the big guns. Okay, okay. I'm surprised. The whole idea was for me to win this competition. But anyway, okay. So okay. next one. Next odd one out. Okay. This is... Uh, I'm just going to lie about what the answer is. Stalkerware. Uh-huh. Spouseware. Uh-huh. And Tupperware. Which is the odd one out? Which is the odd one out? Okay. I will say Tupperware, Graham. I will say Tupperware. 
Oh, what a shame. Wrong answer. The answer is, of course, Darn. Stalkerware, because that is 11 characters long and the other two are 10 characters long. So never mind. You did very well on the fishing. Thank anyway, you. I, I'm going to be talking about Stalkerware today, uh, also known as Spouseware. It's often advertised as being a means for keeping keeping a close eye on what your spouse is up to, maybe on their mobile device, where they're going. I don't think close eye is the right word. I think it's actually spying, you know? It is spying. Invasion of privacy. Uh, well, I tend to agree with you. I find it really rather disturbing that people do this. People are installing secret software onto their spouse's smartphones Maybe it's not always their spouse, of course. It could be someone else that they have an interest in. Silently watching who they're in contact with, scooping up their photos, mm. grabbing their cool logs, recording conversations, logging their location in real time. If I found out someone was doing that to me, I would be incensed. Hi, Mark Zuckerberg. <laughs> you wouldn't... <laughs> You wouldn't. You're in a relationship with Zuckerberg. Hey, Jeff. Hey, Jeff Bezos. <laughs> You'd be so lucky. <laughs> you wouldn't find that attractive. You wouldn't think, oh, he, he, he likes me so much. He likes to make sure that I'm safe at all times. It's like that Sting song. Was it Sting or Police? Every breath you take. Oh, yeah. Yes. Like basically stalking the woman completely. And everyone's like, it's so romantic. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Not really so much, is it? So I'm talking about a type of st- Stalkerware, which mm-hmm. is called SpyHide, and it has a website, uh, and it's advertised as a method for you to keep tabs on your romantic partner. So if you if you suspect they're having an affair or lying about where they are or in secret contact with someone else, that's how they market it. Yes, yes. There's there is a, a, a fancy little video uh, <laughs> where you can see <laughs> the scenarios. So it's not like, hey, are you worried your partner is going to run into trouble? You can use this to locate them and find out where they are. They're actually just going for, you can just spy and spend your entire life watching someone else live their life. To be honest, that the clue is in the name. They actually call it spy hide. They don't call it, you know, yeah. take care of your partner or something like that. I'm so- such an idiot. I was thinking hide like cow hide. I didn't actually... Yeah. I'm oh, how hide? Yeah, I didn't. Yeah. Right, but, anyway, I, I can't <laughs> okay. explain why that happened in my brain. Maybe I'm losing it. Maybe I'm losing it. But you are right. Quite often, stalkerware is promoted as a way of you know keeping an eye on a loved one in case they have a car accident or get right. lost and you know, get in some spot of bother. Rather like uh, the software some people put on their kids' phones to see where they are and you know to keep an eye on them and helicopter around them. Right. Exactly. So, obviously, th- this isn't something which uh, people want on their phones. Uh, SpyHide hides on your Android smartphone, and it's really difficult for inexperienced users to tell that SpyHide is on their phone. It disguises itself with an innocuous-looking icon, mm-hmm. calls itself like Google Settings or something. Uh, it's hard to remove. It's not available on the Google Play Store. It's banned from there because th- they obviously don't like apps like this. You have to go and get it from a spy hide's own website. Oh right. So 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 you would have to deliberately go to the spy hide website or be tricked into going there or whatever to have it downloaded onto a third 
third-party device you wanted to spy on? Yeah, it seems like there's a variety of ways of getting it installed on people's devices. So it may be that, of course, your partner has had temporary access to your device, and so they've installed it without you knowing and set it up. But there may also be social engineering tricks which can be used. Hey, here's the list for today's shopping. Right. (laughs) Something like that. So the big problem with Stalkerware is the huge amount of sensitive information it's scooping up about its targets, which can be obviously looked at and trawled through by your stalker or your jealous partner. And that huge amount, the actual size of the data, that's a big problem as well, because that has to be stored somewhere by Mm -hmm. the spyware firm. They're going to put that somewhere up in the cloud so that the stalker can access it via their dashboard, hopefully behind a secure password. Oh, Lord. Right, you're beginning Mm -hmm. to get a feel for what's going to happen here. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. And it may surprise you to know that some of the developers of Stalkerware in the past have been a little bit lax when it comes to their own security. You would think as their work in this field that they would take a a little more care. But surprisingly, a a number of these stalkerware, spouseware companies have come a cropper in the past. Now, a Swiss-based security researcher has just recently blogged about how the makers of Spyhide, not to be confused with cowhide or moosehide or any other kind of hide, Spyhide accidentally left part of their back end exposed. Dun, dun, dun. Pull your trousers up, people. Right, right. Yes, exactly. Yeah. If, you, if your back end's exposed, it's not always easy to know, is it? I mean, uh, quite often mm. someone will tell you, uh, by the way, just sort that out. Give them a yank up. If you do leave your back end exposed, as the developers of Spyhide did, someone, of course, may be able to find a way in. And this researcher did exactly that. They were able to access the source code the actual source code for the app's web-based dashboard, the thing which was running the dashboard. And that, in turn, spilled out plenty of secrets about how the SpyHide app operated and SpyHide's infrastructure. And as an article in TechCrunch explains, what they found were bugs in the dashboard's code. And that allowed the researcher to gain unfettered access to the back-end database revealing much of SpyHide's operations and even spilling details of its suspected administrators. Were they able to access the information, of course, that was being stored on the poor victims that were being spied upon? Oh, yes, yes, yes. Oh, dear. In all, they were able to gather records of 60,000 SpyHide-compromised Android devices dating back to 2016, including call logs, text messages, precise location history dating back years as well as information about every file, when every photo or video was taken and uploaded, uh, when calls were recorded, how long for. Just one smartphone in the US, which had been compromised by SpyHide, had quietly uploaded more than 100,000 location data points going back years. Fuck off. Oh, my God. So this just all spilled out. So so did they contact, were they able to identify which phones had been, this install, this was installed on and contact the owner? Well, they don't have details of the victims. So they have details of where the victims have been. They have details of what the victims have been saying and their photographs and their conversations and all of that. What they don't have is the contact details for their really? victims. Okay. Well, what details would they have? 
Well, I don't know. I'm assuming, I don't know. I'm assuming there'd be information, bread tra- breadcrumbs inside the information to be able to identify who it is. Well, yeah, quite quite possibly, both photographic and in the messages. Yeah, I, I, I agree with you. There, there certainly would be information there. But I think with this amount of information, that'd be an awful lot to go through. Besides which, if you sent a message saying, hey, someone's been spying on your phone for ages and I've got the information about it, most people are probably going to treat such a communication arriving in their inbox with suspicion or put it in the yeah, spam folder true. or delete it. What they do have is a record of the people who actually signed up with SpyHide, of the stalkers. And there's a record of 750,000 people who registered an interest in SpyHide, although most of them didn't go on to pay for the actual spyware and install it on someone's phone. Right. But they do have 3.29 million text messages containing highly personal information. They've got two-factor codes. They've got password reset links. They've got more than 1.2 million call logs. Uh, They've got recordings of 312,000 phone calls, contact lists, address. It's a huge amount of information. It sucks, though, because, you know, if you're listening to this story, wherever you Mm -hmm. are in the world, you might go, Mm -hmm. hmm, I wonder if that happened to me. I wonder. So is there a way that someone can check on their phone? Well, I'm going to tell you in just a minute how to do that. Okay, brilliant. And how to protect yourself. So... One thing this research can't do, so normally when you find a vulnerability in a piece of software or a weakness or someone's left loads of data lying around, you want to tell them, right? You want to tell them responsibly so that the problem gets fixed because you don't Mm. want this data falling into the wrong hands. The people who run SpyHide, however, don't particularly want to be identified because what they're doing is, you know, with the very best will in the world, is distinctly shady. So they don't (laughs) announce who they are or give them easy means to contact them. But this researcher who broke into SpyHide's back end and looked at the source code found embedded in the source code the names of two developers based in Iran <laughs> who appears had actually written the code. They haven't replied to requests for comment from TechCrunch or from the researcher. But it was also found that the app is communicating with a server based in Germany. And so they've been in contact with the people who run the server the, the the web host and that server's now been shut down so it can't because it's against their terms of service yeah i would argue though that the coders may be just contracted in to write code and had nothing to do with the actual company is that possible or is there distinct ties because i know loads of people that code and then leave a little signature inside saying this it's, is my code yeah it's always possible isn't it it's always possible that that's the case. Someone has hired someone else, or someone, you know, someone else's name has been left in a piece of code. It, it, it's a possibility. It certainly requires further investigation to know for sure. The researcher has named these two people, or at least he's how do I say pseudonymized the names, but you can see at least their first name and their initial of their surname uh, in his report. Should you wish to go and look it up. So, what can you do about this? Yes. Well, what the recommendation is is to enable a feature which is available on Android called Google Play Protect. And this is something which Google introduced a while ago to protect against malicious Android apps like spyware. You can go into the settings menu link in Google Play, Mm -hmm. turn it on, and it will check apps when you install them and also periodically scan your device. Because, of course, if it was your jealous partner who installed this thing, 
they're just going to ignore <laughs> any warning which pops up then. But because it then periodically scans your device again, warning if it finds a potentially harmful app, that could warn you that this is going on. What you then do is really up to you because you could be find yourself in a difficult situation where you maybe you're sharing a house with someone who's actually spying and stalking upon you. So tread carefully as to what you may wish to do then. It's a really unpleasant thing. Um, and there are a lot of security researchers these days who are putting a lot of effort into trying to raise awareness of stalk aware and help people learn more ways to better protect themselves. So we'll put some useful links in the show notes. And you know what? This could also be someone's like a boss doing this for their employees, using it as a type of bossware. That certainly has happened uh, as well in the past. Uh, uh-huh. I've heard of people who've actually lost their jobs because they refused to run stalkerware or spyware on exactly. their phones, yeah. which was uh, logging how busy they were and <laughs> whether they were on the premises in time. People just need to get a life. Stop spying on other people. Do your own thing. We do wonder if you're spying that much, how you actually have time to get on with your own life. Yeah, you're just sitting you there know, eating pot noodles and... Oh, yeah. pot noodles. <laughs> Carol, what's your story for us this week? Well, what do you know about Barbie, Graham? I know she's about six foot four tall, has thirty-eight inch legs, and doesn't she have like an eighteen-inch waist and a forty-inch bust? She has ridiculous uh, vital statistics. Do you know what company? <laughs> is it Mattel who produced Barbie or is that Cindy? No, it's Mattel. Correct. It is. And Cindy is the British version of Barbie. Is that right? I don't. I don't you wouldn't probably know. I'm not an, an aficionado in anything other than Barbie right now for a tiny little moment. You are supposed to have British citizenship. You should really know that. That, that would have been a question I would have asked Well, let's you. see what you know about Barbie, shall oh, we? Oh, God. Okay. What's her name? What's her, what's her name? Her what's name, her name is Barbara... Bolognese. I don't know. What's her name? Barbara. You're right. It is Barbara. Millicent Roberts is her name. Barbara Millicent Roberts. That's how you should refer to her, unless you were a good friend of Barbie, apparently. This is a... Yeah, only friends can call her Barbie. Uh, How old is she? How old is she? Well, by now, she must be about 75, I think. She's like 66, I think. Right? Yeah, so you did 333, here's 6-6, look at this. Oh, there you go. It's all coming together. What do you think, what does she do for a living? Is she an Instagrammer? Is she an influencer? (laughs) Doesn't she just mostly drive a little uh, (laughs) convertible around, having a gay old time with Ken? Is that what you think? Yeah. Yeah? Actually, I think you'll find, Graham, she has the most impressive resume in history. More than 200 careers, including paleontologist, Desert Storm medic, McDonald's cashier, zoo doctor, business exec, secretary, catwoman, and even a Canadian Mountie. She's been to space twice and has run for president six times. Did she win? <laughs> I don't know the answer to that. Do we know which party she, she runs for? Is she on her own party, the Barbie I don't party? think. I think she'd be quite smart to stay away from politics. Okay. She probably just runs for president of the world or something. Okay. Um, <laughs> but of course, as you mentioned, Barbies are controversial, right? She has impossible measurements. Feminists are not necessarily big fans of Barbie mm. and what she portrays. And of course, there is a new movie that's come out. You've probably heard. 
I haven't seen it. I've heard about it. I heard people are are watching both Barbie and Oppenheimer at the same. T- well, not at the same time, but sort of on the same day. It's it's a yeah, Barb it's like and Barb Oppenheimer yes. weekend yes. or something like this. Yes, yeah, and and what, the reason for that is because there's a writer strike right right uh-huh. now in uh, good old Hollywood. So all eyes are on these two movies, and Barbie is killing it. And mm. the box office. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you open any newspaper, you read about that, don't you? They have actually served up the biggest week in history for Warner Bros. movie, almost $600 million in the first week. And it keeps going strong. I imagine it's quite, quite a good movie, but it's, it's not something which would compel me to go to the cinema. I think I'd wait a few months until it appeared for free on a streaming service. I'm not sure you're their target market, really. <laughs> I mean, men I in their fifties. You know, no judgment, but just you know. <laughs> okay. So basically, the pick is basically assured of joining the billion-dollar club, right? Mm-hmm. Movie club. I didn't even know such a thing existed. And uh, you know, the stars are aligned, right? The kids are out of school. There, there's a writer's strike, mm. and movie makers went on a huge media offensive. These movie makers, the Barbie movie makers, and showing yeah. that everyone and their dog, and even me, wrote about Barbie in it, some there, capacity. It, there has been a huge publicity campaign around it. Yeah, right, massive. Yeah. And yeah. I mean, think of the zillions of entertainment journals and bloggers and TikTokers who have column inches and podcasts and videos to make. If there's not much going on, let them talk Barbie. And it feels like there's a lot of love towards Barbie. There aren't many people who, at least from what I've seen, who are pointing out, is this really a good role model? I mean, other than running for president six times. Mm. Well, they've kind of tried to switch it all up. You know, the movie is kind of, bar- the, 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 the essence of the movie is Barbie is going to the real world, right? So uh-huh. she comes out of her fantasy area. I think one of the big things is her feet go flat, finally, <laughs> right? So she's no longer having to wear high heels everywhere. Um, anyway, and of course, it was, it was uh, directed by Greta, right? Well, I can't remember her last name now for some reason. Is it Greta Gedwig or something? I can't remember how you pronounce Gedwig. it. Gedwig, I think it's Some, Gedwig. It's yeah. something like that. Yes. No, Gerwig. Gerwig. Thank you. Yeah, Greta Gerwig. So mm-hmm. she, you know, that's also a big news that she's done that. Yeah. Um, so we have this huge Barbie media storm. It's killing it at the boss office. And what's a scammer to do? What's uh-huh. a scammer to do, Graham? You're sitting at home. In Scam HQ. Okay. In Scam HQ. (laughs) If I were in Scam HQ, there's a number of things I would do. First of all, I would put up a malicious torrent claiming to be uh, a pirated version of the movie so you didn't have to go to the cinema and catch COVID. By the way, um, I I, I read Boris Johnson went to my local cinema um, to watch the Barbie movie, which makes me never want to go to that cinema ever again. Um, <laughs> he, he announced that's where he'd gone. So yes, that's that's one thing I'd do. Um, well, you're you're actually. Let me just say that's actually happened according to McAfee. Okay. So you know, if you were being targeted, there's more than a hundred different attacks that they've seen so far. Uh-huh. So one of them, as you say, is a link to a Discord server or a website promising a movie download, right. and you're prompted to download a large .exe file. But wouldn't you know it, the file is loaded with malware, including red line stealer spyware, they say. Oh, and that yes. figures up personal information, login information, all matter of stuff you don't want baddies yeah. to have. Yeah. Okay. 
Well, uh, okay, yeah. Well, that sounds. But I've I've got some other ideas. I, I'm yes, thinking, please. I'm thinking. So again, with my malicious hat on, I'm thinking maybe I'd create a Barbie screensaver or a Barbie game mm-hmm. people could download, and that would again maybe infect you. Maybe I could create a Barbie artificial intelligence girlfriend simulator. <laughs> so if I was Ken. And trust oh, me, I thought you were trying to make say that she was a lesbian. And okay, sorry. Oh, well, well, I don't know. I have no idea what she does, but you know, good luck to her. But yeah, for, she's probably fluid. You know, she probably is. Um, but uh, yeah, so may, maybe something like that that people a could Barbie be simulator. Um, yeah, why? Why not? Mm-hmm. I didn't read about that. But one interesting thing is because it's taken the world by storm. Mm. There may be some places where it's difficult to get it in your own language. Uh-huh. So baddies are targeting certain areas. This is seen this in India, where you can get the Barbie movie in your preferred uh, language. When right. you click on the link, it prompts the victim to download a zip file, which is packed with malware, says McAfee. Hmm. So they say there's at least 100 new instances of uh, Barbie-related malware. And uh, the thing is, is what do you do to protect yourself? Do you want to have a go at that? I I imagine McAfee are going to say that you should run McAfee security software (laughs) on your (laughs) computer. That was point six, but I took that out of of my list. Uh Well, well, don't download pirated software uh, would be one recommendation. Right, Um, yeah. Go to yeah. go to legitimate sources for your Struck, stuff. Trusted retailers and streamers. Yeah. Yes, that that'd be a good idea as well. If you do install anything, don't uh, don't give it uh, you know exceptional permissions to access sensitive information on your phone. Perhaps. Yep. Don't click on ads. And Facebook. Yes. Like, watch out for dodgy promos or offers or giveaways. Yeah, and, and and also, why not just get on something which was trending like twenty or thirty years ago, like the Furbies or something like that? Why not? Why not think actually, rather than watching Barbie, we are going to watch Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles because probably right. there aren't any scammers. Blast from the past. Yeah, they're pretty. All the scammers have moved up because I'm sure these scammers they're simply looking for what is trending at the moment. They're looking. They may even have this done algorithmically. And say, right, this this movie's hot, therefore that'll be the disguise du jour. Exactly. And and like you were saying earlier, like what are people saying about this film? It does seem from my echo chamber position that most people online seem to be quite impressed with the film. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. But there are a few naysayers. There's one um, TikToker influencer named Brooke James who was unimpressed. Um, and 1.2 million people saw her video saying, you know, if I had to scale it from 1 to 10, I'd give it a 3 and that's being kind. And she advised that people sh- you know, shouldn't waste their money going to see it. And apparently they're calling it a viral video because it's one of the only naysaying videos you know well, why does they have to say that someone has poured their heart and soul for years into making this oh, yeah, Barbie you've movie. never ever All bitched the, about never, anything ever, that never ever, ever created but, but yeah. some bloody tiktoker who creates a 90 second video saying oh no don't waste your time watching the barbie movie it's like oh yeah but watch thirty thousand TikToks. i'm not worried about barbie losing out here they're about to be a box office record hit. So I think everyone's fine. All right. Someone else actually spoke out against the, f- the film. I'm not going to tell you who it is, but I'm going to say what they said and see if you can guess. Piers Morgan. <laughs> You're right. Was I? <laughs> quote, 
quote, if I made a movie mocking women as useless dunderheads, constantly attacking the matriarchy and depicting all things feminist as toxic bullshit, I wouldn't just be cancelled, I'd be executed. It's just Collins, the son of the New York Post after seeing the Barbie movie. So desperate for attention, isn't he? What a pillock. Maybe I should just go see the movie to spite him. Or or maybe he's using reverse psychology. (gasps) Maybe he's in on it. Oh, my God. Mind screw up. Mac users might come off as overconfident, and not only because they use beautiful Apple devices. 28% of them believe that Mac computers don't have malware. 35% name Safari as a secure browser, and 22% use the same password in multiple online accounts. These are the results of a security survey produced by Moonlock, the cybersecurity team at MacPaw, dedicated to deliver anti-malware tech that anyone can use. The entire Moonlock report is up for grabs for everyone, so visit moonlock.com and see how Mac users can navigate the ever-changing cybersecurity landscape today. Your IT and your company has Okta. This message is for you. For the past few years, the majority of data breaches and hacks you read about have something in common. It's employees. Hackers absolutely love exploiting vulnerable employee devices and credentials. But imagine a world where only secure devices can access your cloud apps. Here, credentials are useless to hackers, and you can manage every OS, even Linux, from a single dashboard. Best of all, you can get employees to fix their own device security issues without creating more work for IT. The good news is, you don't have to imagine this world. You can just start using Collide. Collide is a device trust solution for companies with Okta, and it makes sure that if a device is not trusted or secure, it can't log in to your cloud apps. Visit collide.com slash smashing to watch a demo and see how it works. That's K-O-L-I-D-E dot com slash smashing. Relying on a sim in 2023 is like living in a college dorm room post-graduation. You're operating in an environment you've outgrown. Well, the Hunter's SOC platform is purpose-built to help your security operations mature to the level where you need to be. With Hunter's, you can ingest and normalise as much data as you have at a predictable cost without having to compromise on visibility and retention. You can also automatically cross-correlate data logs from your entire security and IT stack to connect and track events throughout your organisation without switching screens. And you can leverage out-of-the-box and always-up-to-date detections that cover 80% of the most common security use cases. ChargePoint, the world's largest network of electric vehicle charging stations, uses Hunter's SOC platform to leverage its out-of-the-box detection content to more efficiently respond to new threats and vulnerabilities. So it's time for your security team to move beyond SIM with Hunter's. Visit hunters.security to learn more. And thanks to them for supporting the show. And welcome back. Can you join us at our favourite part of the show, the part of the show that we like to call Pick of the Week. Pick of the Week. week is the part of the show where everyone chooses something they like. It could be a funny story, a book that they've read, a TV show, a movie, a record, a podcast, a website, or an app. Whatever they wish. It doesn't have to be security-related necessarily. Better not be. Well, my pick of the week this week is not security-related. My pick of the week 
is instead it's been recommended to me actually uh by someone who is on the smashing security reddit cool uh, a chap called robster hi rob stir well actually his name is r085ta but i'm going to read that as robster and he recommended a site which i thought was rather interesting so crow what do you think of what do you think of when you are watching a movie maybe the barbie movie mm-hmm. and it says based on a true story what do you think of when you what's your reaction <laughs> based on a true story and it was the barbie movie well maybe mm. barbie i don't know you saw the tetris <laughs> movie recently you, you know there are other movies you've seen you know what do you think well maybe documentary or you know mm-hmm. docudrama do you ever think yeah right based on a true story wonder how much of this is made up well i don't think that means anything to be honest like i don't think it means anything like you know i could have like, what does it mean? I've talked about this with friends before. It means nothing. It gives you full license to do anything, both tell exact stories and tell fake stories, doesn't it? Exactly. But I am often interested how much is really true. So, you know, there was that movie about um, Freddie Mercury and Queen, Bohemian Rhapsody, mm-hmm. right? Which I haven't seen. But I'd, or the, the, the Elton John one or the Eddie the Edwards movie. Uh, which I did see. I saw that one. And, and uh, I think, you know, well, how much of this is really true? How much is th- uh, how much of this dramatic license? How much they sort of changed the characters or amalgamated people? Well, for irritating people like me who want to know that kind of detail, there is now a website recommended to me by Robster via the Smashing Security Reddit. The website is called historyversushollywood.com. Okay. And what it does is it lists recent movies which claim to be based upon a true story and it analyzes them it not only shows you the actor with a real picture of the person they were portraying so you can say oh that's a pretty good likeness or whatever but it also looks at plot points and elements and uh, story beats deviations from actual truth as well i bet it either confirms or denies whether things happened and it gives you the real story. So if you watched, for instance, have you seen Weird, the Al Yankovic story yet? No, I haven't. And I'm, I was a very big Weird Al Yankovic fan when I was little. I know. Well, Harry Potter's Daniel Radcliffe plays Weird Al. And if you were to watch that, you could then go to History versus Hollywood and find out, no, he didn't date Madonna in real life. And he didn't come up with his breakout hit of My Bologna, based on My Sharona, while making sandwiches. It's not true. (laughs) There's a different story of how he came up with these things. Yeah. And you know the real truth, thanks to Hollywood versus history. Okay. Exactly. Right. If I were to go and see the Barbie movie, I would go straight on history versus Hollywood afterwards. And see, well, how well does this match the true story of Barbara Millicent Roberts? And then bore everyone senseless, right? Every dinner party or place of gathering going, actually, I think you'll find. I understand. That is really the story of my life, that refrain. Me saying... Uh, isn't it? <laughs> I think you'll find that isn't actually what happened. Well, for yep, me at least, it is. and I'm sure for some <laughs> of our listeners... They would love to be able to do that as well. Make themselves popular at dinner parties. History versus Hollywood is my pick of the week. Brilliant. Crow, what's your pick of the week? Well, I don't want to disappoint, obviously. So I have a podcast for my pick of the week. 
crowd oh, goes wild. Do you my my autocorrect just changed that to my, the crowd goes mild? <laughs> <laughs> um, it's from Tortoise. This is a podcast channel, and it's called the News Meeting. I think I told you about it a few weeks ago, Clue. Uh, in part because the host, James Harding, sounds an awful lot like your older brother. Oh. Let me tell you the gist of the podcast. So you have three mm. journalists from different backgrounds representing different papers, and they all take turns to pitch a story as a front pager. So they take topical events of that week and build a case around a particular story as to why it should be the lead story. Oh, I like the sound of this. Yes. Right. And then the other journalists may ask questions, you know, and try and yeah. prod holes into it. The host will ask questions and probe and then... Uh, at the end, the host makes a call as the kind of editor-in-chief and says which one he chooses of the three stories and explains why he's done so. Right. It's great. I think um, James Harding's voice is just perfect for radio. And I like all the journalists he's had on. He's, he gets a different bunch every week. Hang, hang on. You think my brother's voice is perfect for radio? You don't think... I do. I've told you that already, actually. But you don't think his brother, who has... A successful cybersecurity podcast, which he co-hosts. You don't think that he has a great voice for radio? Well, he has a podcast already. Okay. The other brother. <laughs> I'll name nameless. <laughs> it's a really neat, this is why I'm, I'm mentioning it. It's a really neat way for people to see how a story might be selected to be on the front page. Right. You know, I, we've got a background in PR and communications and all that. So we've kind of have an inside view on that. And I think it's pretty true to form. So you can hear a variety of intelligent arguments as to, you know, for or against running a story. Um, and I really like it. I've been listening to it every week. So if it sounds like your cup of tea, I'd say check out the News Meeting podcast from Tortoise. Find it wherever you get your podcast from. And that's my pick of the week. Who's it from? Is it Tortoise? Tortoise. Yeah, it's a like a podcast channel. And Tortoise is as in the animal. Yes. What, am I saying it weirdly? T-O-R-T-O-I-S-E. No, no, you weren't saying it. Some people say tortoise, don't they? How do we feel about those people? People who say tortoise. I feel fine with them. You're fine with them. That's Well, that's good, Crow. That's good. We, we embrace everybody here. And that just about wraps up the show for this week. You can follow us on X. We're not allowed to call it Twitter anymore. At Smash Insecurity, no G. X wouldn't allow us to have a G. That sounds ridiculous. We also have a Mastodon account and look up Smash Insecurity on Reddit, where maybe you've got some suggestions for picks of the week as well. And don't forget to ensure you never miss another episode. Follow Smash Insecurity in your favourite podcast apps, such as Overcast, Spotify and Apple Podcasts. And huge, huge thank you to this episode's sponsors, Collide, Hunters and Moonlock from MacPaw. And of course, to our wonderful Patreon community. It's thanks to them all that this show is free. For episode show notes, sponsorship information, guest lists and the entire back catalogue of more than 330 episodes, check out Smashing Security. Until next time, cheerio, bye-bye. Bye-bye. Well, Crow, enjoy the rest of your uh, secret mission. Oh, I will, I will. Um, There's already been a number of exciting events, which I will share with you offline. 